Welcome to Mindset, a guide to getting out of your own way and a blueprint for professional success. Today, Helen McCabe and Jamila Rizvi are sharing their practical advice on apathy in your professional life and when and how to unlock your passion instead. Apathy is a kind of funny word. I think we, we use it most when we're, we're talking about things like politics, right? We talk about voters who are apathetic are the people who have to vote but really don't care and don't really want to. But the fact is that apathy is so much broader than that and apathy can reach every element of our lives and it tends to show up when we are starting to feel a bit lethargic, a bit listless, sort of invenerated, almost like you, you're kind of like paralysed to act because – it's just all a bit too much and it almost has that tired feeling. And today we're, we're certainly not talking about it from a, from a mental uh, or physically ill health perspective. You and I aren't psychologists, but I think we've all had that experience of how apathy can present in your life, particularly around work, where you feel so overwhelmed and frustrated that you start to feel almost nothing at all. And this is where it um, impacts um, listeners and members of um, some of our programs because they wake up and they've, they're being encouraged to search for work or find new work and the last thing they want to do is to put themselves out there and find a profession and try and find some connection or, or um, passion for it. So what we want to do today is to help anyone who's really in that, oh, I'm just over it, I don't care. And that can be because you have so much else going on in your life that you're not apathetic about. You can be raising great kids. You might have um, great community connections. You might um, be passionate about stuff that doesn't involve a paycheck. But it is a really damaging state to be in if you can't somehow tap into um, some enthusiasm for kicking yourself out of the apathetic uh, approach to your working life. So how does it present? An absence or suppression of emotion, feeling, concern or passion. It's a lack of motivation to do or complete anything. It's a lack of a sense or purpose in the absence of worthlessness and hopelessness. Um, it's sluggishness, low energy levels, we've all been there. It's passive. Like I'm just not in this conversation because I just mm. don't care enough. And a, a general detachment or feeling stuck. It's how we all feel at around 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon, isn't it? When our cortisol levels drop and suddenly the things that you were really excited about this morning just feel a bit a bit much or, or, or how you feel the, the, the morning after you've had a really late night or a sleepless night and you're trying to get through a day and it's just – harder and you feel less into it and when that is starting to take over a whole sphere of your life for example your working life or your your attempts to return to work that's really hard right and it can happen for a few different reasons I think firstly um, if you are bored or you are frustrated by your current routine if you're stuck in a boring monotonous kind of rut your brain starts to tune out uh, you know, I, I bet we've all been in a meeting where you're sort of sitting there and you're like, you suddenly go, oh, I don't know what anyone said for the past 15 minutes. I went I went somewhere else. And it, it's demotivating and it means you're not so interested. Um, definitely if you're not getting enough sleep. Not getting enough sleep is 100% um, going to lead to a feeling of apathy. When you're tired, your brain slows you down and your brain slows down and it can make you feel lazy even when you are going around a very busy day. Um if you're not challenging yourself, if you're not pushing yourself or trying new things, getting outside your comfort zone occasionally, 
that can create a boredom and an apathy that kills motivation. This is an interesting one. If you're overwhelmed by choices, so we can actually feel apathetic in the face of too many options. Uh, if we feel like we're unable to make a decision, that can demotivate us. And then finally, when we're trying to do too much at once, if you are constantly in the juggle, trying to do too many tasks, you get stressed, you get frustrated, and in that heightened state of stress, it's really hard to think about what do I love? What gets me excited? What am I passionate about? That's a, that's a difficult question to answer when you're feeling really flat. Do you have those days where you go, I'm just so overwhelmed by the sheer volume of what I've got to do. I'm just not going to do much at all today. I definitely have that feeling sometimes, um, especially if there's a particular project where I haven't got a clear plan of how to start and how to go from A to Z and what all the letters in between are going to look like. Sometimes I feel like when it's so big and I, I start to dread starting because I know it's going to be hard you can kind of put yourself into a stage of like, I just wish I was doing anything else. I just don't want to have to do it. And what do you do then? Start. Mm. It's the only thing that helps. And like, you know, that sounds so pathetic because the starting is the hard bit, right? But so when I'm writing, if I'm writing a book, I always force myself to stop writing when I'm feeling like I'm killing it. So I will sit down to write and if I am in flow, if I'm in a great chapter and I'm all the words are just pouring out of me, I force myself to stop somewhere in the middle rather than wait till the natural end point because if I stop at the natural end point or the accomplishment point, then I will walk away and I will not come back to it for months. But if I stop when I don't want to stop, when I want to be writing and I'm feeling really great, that means that for the rest of the week, I'm going, oh, I just want to be writing. I just want to get back to it. I just want to get back to it. And it sort of forces me into a state of motivation. Whereas I think for me that that apathy tends to show up when it's the beginning of something and I'm not quite sure where I'm going to start. Usually once I'm going, the going is enough. How about you? How does it show up in your life? I've got a couple of answers to that question. And one is uh, go with apathy for the day. Mm. Just go, yep. I am not here today, mm. I am not going to perform, um, and then do something that completely changes the wiring of my brain. So for me, that'll be reading fiction. Um, and the other way is to just do the little things. So if I just can't handle the big stuff and I'm overwhelmed, just find mm. all those little boring jobs, whether it means cleaning out the linen cupboard or um, the the family silver, just doing small things so I feel like I've kept the show on the road and wait for the the passion or the energy to to return, and it invariably does. And I haven't beaten myself up that I've sat around watching the leaves all afternoon. Yeah. I feel like there's something there in that sort of transition from being passive to being a problem solver. So if you try and go from zero to 100, it's almost impossible. But if you kind of go, I'm just going to do some small things, I'm going to be do the doable, easier task, I'm going to you know, write myself a contents page or I'm going to do a piece of research that's a bit mindless or I'm going to clear the emails so I can sit in front of Netflix. But I'm going to do some task that's associated with the bigger picture because that'll start to ease your mind into it rather than divorcing yourself from the thing you've got to do. And, you know, working with our Jobs Academy members, I feel like we see that a lot um, where people are saying, "I, I feel so defeated that I just, I can't do anything right now. I can't do anything. And as you say, sometimes the best thing to do is to go with that. But if you start to feel a bit stuck in it, going 
from zero to 100 in one day is really hard. But if you can spend a little bit of time doing some of the jobs, taking some of the actions that will start to move you along um, that feel a little bit easier, instead of I'm going to rewrite my whole resume today, maybe it's I'm going to go and try and track down in my emails my last few resumes. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to go find them. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's one of the ways to kind of start to shift that energy into something that you know, develops into a full-blown potentially an outcome or um, a sense of direction. So let's talk about passion. We can talk about passion because we're trying to talk about how we get from apathy to passion, right? And maybe this is a subversive, unfair question, but do we need to be passionate? Do we want to be passionate? Like what's the benefit of being passionate about something? When we sat down to do this podcast today, I was um, reflecting on a a funeral that I went to recently of of a man who... Um, was incredibly passionate about absolutely everything and he mm. he was defined by doing so many different, exciting, unusual um, career choices and innovations, 40 startups and big family and a house full of people and he was always cooking and he was always coming up with the next idea. And, and it was one of those funerals where you feel a bit, self-conscious about not having yeah. not yeah. flinging yourself <laughs> more what have at I life. been doing with my yeah. time yeah so I you know in terms of passion I think you do have to come to some uh some sense of what that means for you and what what a, what passion is what passion is good and what passion is bad because not everyone can live a big life and not not mm. everyone wants to mm. um and yet you can have a passion for a very simple thing and it may be recreational it doesn't have to be professional um that becomes central to your life and is the thing that brings you joy so passion is a an unusual concept but for the purposes of this podcast we're here to help people um navigate their way towards a fulfilling professional life and that might just mean a pay packet or it might mean something bigger than that um so how do you do that? And would you, Jan, would you say you're passionate about one thing or passionate about lots of things? Passionate about lots of things. Mm, there mm. you go. Um, passionate about the feeling of being passionate, I would say. Like I'm just one of those enthusiastic people who it's less about the thing and more about the fact that we're doing it and we're doing it with energy and zeal and zest and all those other words. Um, but that comes to you, in, that is how you were born, don't you think? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So how do we teach someone who wasn't born with that? I think it's about finding what you're passionate about. So I think the first thing is um, being a bit reflective, right? Watching how you experience different things. So start with your body language. How does your body behave when you're doing your current work, for example? Um, Do you get tense? Does it ache all the time? Do you get panic attacks? Do you get bored and do you feel sleepy when you're at work? Um, Do you look at the clock all of the time? Are you constantly checking your phone? Are there signs that your heart rate might not be where it should be? I think our bodies betray how we feel about something. Um, In the same way that when you're falling in love, your body feels a particular way, I think it's worth asking yourself, do I feel passionate about what I'm doing right now? And when does my body language and the way my body shows up change? And it might not be around work. It might be around something else. Um, I think another really great question is, what did you love doing when you were a kid? What did you love doing before all the pressures came about. And I'm not saying that 
in, you know, in terms of saying, okay, I was a stamp collector. I will now become a professional stamp collector. Like, you know, we're going to be practical here, folks. Um, yeah, I don't even know if that's a job. But, um, um, but I do think uh, childhood hobbies and obsessions and passions can not necessarily show a true calling, but I think they can remind you what made you smile then and what makes you smile now, and then you can try and get to the core of it. So, for example, if you were a kid who did love collecting stamps, maybe you loved collecting lots of stuff. Start asking yourself, well, why? Did I just like to have all of something? No, probably not. You were probably interested in the history or you were interested in how you displayed those things in a beautiful way or you were interested in um, understanding how different sets of things came together. So I think it's about pushing through the, the surface questions to what's going on underneath because an interest in historical objects or an interest in um, how you present something in a way that's understandable and um, easily digestible and someone can follow but is also beautiful, like that's a skill that can be used in an enormous number of jobs, right? I think it's about getting to the core rather than saying I wanted to be a ballerina but I think I'm past my prime. And then you ask yourself what you're passionate about as an adult. So yeah. it, it can be, um, you know, you could still find yourself collecting shoes or collecting antique spoons, Um and there's, there's a there's a consistency there. So ask yourself what you love doing as an adult and whether that in any way intersects with the job you're doing or the job you want to do because mm. I think too often we stray a long way from where we began in life and one of the things that's worth doing, um, particularly in the middle of your career if you're um, struggling a bit, and we know so many of you are with finding passion for your work, go back to basics. You started working life as a journalist. What you're doing now is there's some intersections, but it's quite different from being a journalist. Is there a through line of the passion? Probably people and storytelling. Yeah. Um, I, I think when I had a career crisis, um, I guess my late 40s, early 50s, I was asked over and over again, what do you love doing most? And I think the storytelling is probably at the heart of what I do. Here we are today on a podcast. Um, And understanding other people's perspectives and telling their stories and understanding what makes them tick is probably what is the constant factor. And if you think about the FW Jobs Academy, that is understanding how women ended up in the academy and how we can help them out of the academy into um, meaningful work or study. So I think that's the I think that's the constant factor. But it, it, you know, anyone who's wondering about it right now, it's a lifelong journey. This stuff you're not really ever expected to know this stuff. Um, you'll find out this stuff easily. It's it's just part of growing up. Yeah, and I think that finding passion is such an important uh, part of your working life because you want to get to a place where you are finding joy in what you do, right? We spend an enormous amount of time in work. So you want to be passionate about it because otherwise it truly is just collecting a paycheck and waiting for the other hours. And maybe sometimes that's comfortable, but I think for, for the long term, you want to find some joy in, in that time that you're working. Um, but at the same time, we need to be sensible about it, right? We can't all do just what we love and expect to be paid and paid well for it. So I love this Japanese concept I, called ikigai. Um, and that translates, I believe, to your reason for being. So the idea is that this is your life's purpose, your passion, your bliss. It's what brings you joy. It's what gets you out of bed every day. Um, uh, 
I think it's important to note here that um, this is traditional Japanese philosophy. It was about finding your bliss generally and Western interpretation is like, how do you find your dream job? Make and more we, money. We, we've, we've cut it down a little bit but we ruined it probably. But it shows um, an intersection, um, intersecting circles, one of them being what you love, one of them being what you're good at, one of them being what you can be paid for and one of them being what the world needs right now. And then so if you think of four circles and then one circle in the middle that has a little bit of each of those, that's what we're looking for because absolutely you need what you love. You need that passion because you're not going to find delight at work and you're not going to try your hardest and get the most out of it. But absolutely you also need to think about what you're good at, what you can get paid for and what the world is looking for right now and what the world needs because if those other elements aren't there, at least in some degree, I mean, I don't think we're finding safe, secure work at that point. We're probably all trying to be a clown or a ballerina, right? (laughs) But I also think even if uh, a job is what you need and you take a job and it can be stacking shelves or driving a bus, uh, it is important to have something outside of that that connects um, to a passion. So passion is about not just your professional life as the Japanese um, most surely meant when they came up with this. It is about getting that those two factors in balance. Mindset is created by FW Jobs Academy with support from the Australian Government's Office for Women. FW champions gender equality in Australian workplaces through professional development, advocacy and community. If you'd like to know more, go to futurewomen.com or find out how to register for our Jobs Academy at jobsacademy.futurewomen.com.